A reading from the Acts of the Apostles, beginning at the ninth chapter, the 36th verse. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was devoted to good works and acts of charity. At that time, she became ill and died. When they had washed her, they laid her in a room upstairs. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples who heard that Peter was there sent two men to him with the request, please come to us without delay. Peter got up and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping, showing tunics and other clothing that Tabitha had made while she was with them. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes. And seeing Peter, she sat up. He gave her his hand and helped her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he showed her to be alive. This became known throughout Joplin, and many believed in the Lord. Meanwhile, he stayed in Joppa for some time with a certain Simon, Tanner. These are our sacred stories. Thanks be to God. Last Sunday, we read of Jesus experienced by Saul as a light and a voice. Saul, who becomes Paul, encounters this as the resurrected Jesus. This is his claim to being an apostle, seeing Jesus in light and voice. But in today's story of Peter and Tabitha, there is no mention of Jesus until the very end when we read, this became known throughout Joppa and many believed in the Lord. We assume that Lord here means Jesus, but Jesus does not make any sort of physical appearance. In this story. Or does he? I made reference to a quote by Teresa of Avila last week. We've used this quote in every part of our worship. It's been our call to worship, our opening sentences, our unison confession, our prayer of dedication. It's been our affirmation of faith. It is, needless to say, familiar to you, and I'm going to read it again. Christ has no body but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes with which he looks compassion on this world. Yours are the feet with which he walks to do good. Yours are the hands with which he blesses all the world. Yours are the hands, yours are the feet, yours are the eyes. You are his body. Christ has no body now but yours. No hands.
Jesus of history is not present. He died on a cross, executed by the empire. The Christ of faith, though, the Christ continues to live, even now, in and through us. Christ is present in this story in many ways. Tabitha embodies the love of Christ. We don't know much about Tabitha, but what we do know is that she's called a disciple. The Greek word translated here as disciple is the feminine form of the same word used throughout the Gospels to identify the 12 disciples most closely aligned with Jesus. This is the only time in the entire New Testament that this feminine form is used. Only Tabitha is identified as a disciple. Now we know, of course, that she was not the only woman who was a disciple. And in a patriarchal society, it's worth noting that Tabitha is given not only a name, translated into two languages, but also an identity, disciple. She was, as the story notes, devoted to good works and acts of charity. Christ had no body then, but hers. But she died. The other disciples, having learned that Peter was in a neighboring town, sent two men to him with a request. Please come to us without delay. So Peter got up and went to them, and when he arrived, they took him to the room upstairs. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Tabitha had made while she was with him. Peter put all of them outside, and then he knelt down and prayed. He turned to the body and said, Tabitha, get up. And she opened her eyes. Perhaps this part of the story sounds familiar to you. As you know, scholars believe that the author of the Gospel of Luke is also the author of Acts. There's a story in Luke 8 of Jesus and the resurrection of the daughter of a man named Jarius from the dead. In both stories, there are messengers that go between the place of death and the one called on to help. In both stories, we see a weeping community. And then in each story, Jesus and Peter tell the others to wait outside. In both stories, the raising happens with a simple command. Young girl, get up. Tabitha, get up. The Greek words for young girl even sound like the name Tabitha. And in both, Jesus and then Peter take the hand of the woman they've raised and show her to those who've been mourning. There are too many parallels for this to be accidental. Peter, in the story from Acts, embodied the work of Jesus. Christ had no body then, but his. Tabitha is living the love of Jesus. Peter is living the love of Jesus. The disciples who sinned for Peter are living the love of Jesus. The widows and saints who are gathered to honor Tabitha and grieve and mourn together are living the love of Jesus. After Jesus' bodily death, 
He has no body. Or does he? It seems to me that Jesus no longer has a body and Christ has every body. Every body of those who seek to love. The Easter resurrection story shows us that passion is not bound by death. Passion to set the oppressed free, to feed the hungry and clothe the poor. Passion for a realm of justice and peace, it is not stopped by death. Perhaps it is snuffed for a moment, defeated by a vote, a bomb, a bill, a Supreme Court decision. But it will rise. We need to know, as Cornel West writes, the something that sustains us, that no empire can give and no empire can take away. We are the living body of Christ. The task is ours now. The work of love, of new life, of peace. And my friends, our efforts to love do make a difference. We are not alone in our work and in our hope, in our compassion and our kindness and our work for safety and for enough food and shelter. Every decision we make, every vote we cast, every worship service we attend, every quilt or shirt or blanket we make, every counseling session we lead, every bottle we recycle or choose not to buy in the first place, every person we celebrate, every child we encourage, every meal we make for someone else, every prayer we offer, every song we sing, every check we write, every stand we make. We act with Jesus, with love, let loose in the world. Love made known in and through us. The love that Jesus embodied on earth was a love that knew no limits, no boundaries, no prejudices. It followed no rules. It was withheld from no one. And that love, my friends, is no longer contained by Jesus' body. It's loose in the world. That love lives in us. Christ has no body now. We are all invited to celebrate communion this day, to embody love by sharing in a sacred meal of bread and wine or water. You, exactly you, embodying the love of Jesus as you are, you are welcome to communion. There is nothing you must believe, no test you must pass. Just you. You are Christ's embodied love and you are welcome. So after we sing two verses of our hymn, we'll move outside and we'll take bread and cup. We'll take in the endless love of the divine. All are welcome. On the night that Jesus gathered with his friends, he took a cup and he blessed it and he shared it with everyone gathered and he said, this is the cup of a new covenant, a covenant of love, and it will go on and on and on. Take it and drink it. And in the same way, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and said, this is myself and I'm giving it to you. You 
Jesus, my love in the world. Remember me. Take and eat. Take and drink. Let's see.